Ellen, welcome to Blueprint for Profit on Web Talk Radio. I'm Ellen Rohr, your hostess, and I believe that your own business can be a path to freedom. It can help you expand your financial freedom, your lifestyle freedom. It can be a way to share your unique gifts and expand peace and prosperity across the planet. Or a business of your own can be hell. Your own business can be like being stuck on a hamster wheel. Running, 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 never getting anywhere, always too much to do, no real reward. Your relationships can suffer, especially if you're in business with a friend or family member or, yikes, your partner. So what can you do to step off the endless treadmill of problems, tight cash flow, waking up in the middle of the night and wondering what the hell you're doing? You can exit the hamster wheel if you are willing to ask the right questions. If you are open to inspiration and engaging new thought and action, I believe that. But how? Well, my guest Simon Sinek suggests that the first question isn't how. Perhaps it's why. Welcome, Simon. Hi, Ellen. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Let me do a little introduction. You're just so famous you'll you'll find him on uh you can go to facebook and type in simon cynic and become his friend which is fantastic and i want you to find his ted video or is there a shorter way to get straight to that i wanted to make sure we do that uh yeah ted.com is the easiest way to go and simon has one of the top 20 ted videos about starting with why and how great leaders inspire everyone to take action. He's also created a simple model, the golden circle. He has taken me through this process. It's fantastic. It codifies what makes the most inspiring people and organizations so successful and influential. The concept is super powerful and is changing the way people think, act, and communicate. From the Pentagon to the United Nations to Hollywood, Simon's been invited to talk about the golden circle process across the U.S. and around the world. In fact, he just got back from Afghanistan, where he is uh, inspiring leaders in our military there. He advises a wide variety of leaders, organizations, including small businesses and entrepreneurs, and corporations like Microsoft and uh, even the U.S. government. So, Simon, folks listen in on my show to learn how, how to make more money, how to be more successful. How come you don't start with that question? Well, it's all fine and good to know how to do things, but the question is, why are you bothering to do them in the first place? Um, you know, it's it's like heading out on vacation and 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 setting out on. You know, somebody says, "Where are you going?" You say, "Vacation," and they say, "Well, how are you going to get there?" And you say, "I'm going to take Route 95." But the question is, where are you driving to? <laughs> okay. I'm a, a great believer that you should kind of know where you're going before you get on the road. Did you have some um, moment of epiphany that caused you to to feel so passionate about this? Oh, yeah. I mean, it happened about, uh, what was it, five and a half, six years ago now. Um, I lost my passion for what I was doing. Um, I owned a small business, and from all superficial standards, I should have been happy. Um, you know, I, I had this little business for, you know, over three years, so I'd already beaten the statistic that over 90% <laughs> of all small businesses fail in the first three years. I had choice clients. I mean, they were amazing clients, Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 uh companies and we, our work was well respected and we did good work and you know superficially everything looked good but for the fact that I hated waking up um, to do it every morning. Oh that sounds familiar. I've been there before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, 
it was hard because if you complain about it, or you, you know, people look at you like you were like you're a whiny baby. But at the end of the day, I completely lost my passion. And if you tell anybody that, they say, well, just do what you love. You know, well, the problem is I was doing the same thing, and I didn't love it anymore. And um, I made this discovery of this thing that I call the golden circle, but it's basically three elements, which is every single one of us knows what we do. Some of us know how we do it, but very, very few of us can say why we do what we do. And by why, I don't mean uh, to make money. Um, uh, that's a result. By why, I mean what's your purpose, what's your cause, what's your belief. Why did you have to take the risk to start the business? Like, what was so important and so valuable that you decided it was worth uh, an over 90% chance of failure that you should try it? Well, um, and, I didn't know, and I didn't know the answer to that question. And I became absolutely obsessed with answering it because I realized that was the thing that was missing, all the other questions I could answer. Well, I think that's a pretty scary question. I think that, you know, uh, maybe even particularly in this culture, maybe in other countries and other cultures it's a little more accepted, but to sit and think about why to be quiet and introspective, that's not really a rewarded behavior in our culture. How do we get over that? Yeah. Well, you just that, which is, you know, anybody who starts a business isn't doing it for um, the approval of others in the first place. And if you are, you should probably reconsider, you should probably reconsider uh, whether you should start a business or not. That's true. Um, because you're going to get much more uh, rewards from others, uh, with, you know, if you go work for a big company. Um, so, at the, you know, I think anybody who, who has the gumption to start a business in the first place um, has already dealt with it. There's some drive or passion that they have for something or other. Um, and you often hear entrepreneurs saying, oh, I love to build things and I want to be my own boss. And those things are all good and all valuable. Um, but the entrepreneurial spirit is, is um, you know, can exist, you know, whether you start a business or not. You can, there are entrepreneurs inside large organizations as well. Um, at the end of the day, the best companies, the absolutely best companies, are ones that were formed around a real problem. In other words, whether it's a problem that you personally suffered or someone that you love suffered. And there was no adequate solution, and then you and you and you found the solution yourself, and that solution was so valuable you realized that others could use it too. I mean, that's certainly been the root of of of, of what happened to me six years ago, which was this discovery called the why it was not something I did for anybody else, and it was not something I did to fill some market segment. It was done because I needed it, because <laughs> I was depressed, and and once I realized it worked, I I didn't turn it into a business. I shared it with my friends because you share things of value with the people you love. When my friends invited me to come to their house and share it with their friends, and people would ask me, you know, can you help me find my why? And I would just charge 100 bucks to do it because I was just doing it on the side. Um, and that's where this all began. It was a very real solution to a very real problem that I tripped over. And so this, and this, the absolute best companies. This is, this is what's a little tricky is that it sounds kind of metaphysical, and you use the word inspiration a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet we're talking about a process. So yeah. let's t talk about you. Call, you even call yourself an inspirer. What do you mean by that? What is is that a job description? You know, what is what does that mean to well, be I, an I inspirer? I don't do anything, so I have to be. You know, I have to myself something. Um, <laughs> See, isn't that funny? That makes me laugh already. Like that's something hilarious. But really, we're we're talking about moving from less doing and more focused action as a result of inspiration. So let's get into what you, how you define being an inspirer. Let, let's well, well, talk about that. Well, and look, at the end of the day, we're emotional beings. You know? And I love talking to people who say, I only make uh, rational decisions. I never, none of my decisions are ever emotional. And so my standard line is I always say, OK, if you make a decision that goes right, are you happy? 
And they say, yes, of course I am. I say, if you make a decision that goes wrong, are you frustrated uh, or angry sometimes? And they say, of course I am. I say, well, I guess you're not a rational human being then. <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> the fact of the matter is we are, you, you'd be a robot if you were a rational human being. We, have, we are emotional animals. And what I learned was, and what was so profound for me about this thing that I call the golden circle, is that it's not actually my opinion. It's actually grounded in biology. And the part of the brain that controls all of our decision-making and all of our behavior, it also controls all of our feelings, um, but it does not control language. And so we struggle to put into words the things that drive and inspire us. However, the part of the brain that does control language controls rational and analytical thought, which is why we tend to default to numbers or to things we can see when we explain our motivations. And the reality is, is that the part of the brain that controls feelings but not language but all of our behavior, this is the part where, where, where our inspiration and our drive lies. Um, this is where gut decisions come from. This is why we refer to our gut decisions as coming from our gut. This is why we say they just feel right. Why would we use the verb to feel to describe a decision? Because the part of the brain that controls decision-making also controls feelings. Okay, so, so we, are, we are talking about... Okay, so we are talking about a process. So even though it sounds a little bit um, airy-fairy and we've got this, well, you know, sit and think and maybe you'll be struck with a lightning bolt of inspiration, that can happen, but we could also guide that, that um, inspiration. Okay, let's Absolutely. talk about, is that, and the process you call the golden circle? Yes. Okay, so give me the, the Reader's Digest of the Golden Circle. What do, what do, you, what do you do with this? Imagine, imagine a, um, a bullseye, three concentric circles. On the, uh, on the, in the middle, in the bullseye, is, is why. In the center ring is how, and the outside ring is what. Um, why, how, what. And every single organization on the planet, even our own careers, function on all these levels. And as I said before, you know, every one of us knows what we do. Some of us know how we do it. These are the things that we think is make us, the, the, the things we think make us different or special or stand out from the crowd. Um, but very few of us can explain why we do what we do. And what I learned is that those organizations and those people with the capacity to explain in words, clear words, why they do what they do, they are able to inspire people to join them, inspire people to help them, inspire people to support them, buy from them, and sometimes pay a premium or suffer inconvenience to be a part of that. Um, and so the process is understanding all three of these levels. I do not for one second believe that the why is more or less important than the other three levels. You need all three. The problem is we don't even have a word or we don't even think about the why in our organizations. It's all about what and how, tactics and strategies, right? Um, I get we you. Even, we don't even consider why, yeah. Okay, so you have so to know all three. That's the process. You've got to know it all. Okay, so who, like, give us some examples. Who would you... Um, uh, describe as a leader who makes, who incorporates why in the world. Yeah. It's any company or organization that we love, right, that seems to have an okay. unbalanced amount of success and an unbalanced amount of influence in their industry. So it's companies like Harley-Davidson, it's companies like Southwest Airlines, it's companies like Apple or Virgin, um, um, anybody, any of these organizations that people seem to have visceral connections to these organizations. Okay, let me talk about let me talk about Apple for a second. Um, sure. Apple, my son, I, I just got an iPad, I, and and the reason I got a, an iPad is based primarily on my twenty five year old son who was going to disown me as a mother unless I got one. That's how strongly he feels about anything yeah. that has that Apple logo on it. 
He, yeah. you, can, you can't even criticize Apple. You can't even say, well, you know, it's pretty good, but, you know, Microsoft. He can't even hear. He can't even be in the same room if I'm going to talk like that. It's exactly right. And the reason is, is because, you know, like any emotional connection we have, you know, if, he were, if someone were to insult you, his mother, he would get angry, <laughs> maybe even get in a fight. Right, and they may say something true. You know, your mother's a little nuts, right? And e even though that's probably true, he he would probably start a fight over it because it's an emotional connection. You're attacking my mother. It's as good as you attacking me. It's the same sort of reaction. Well, I think he feels stronger about Apple at this moment uh, than about his mother, who's absolutely maybe. not as high functioning as um as uh, that part of the iPad. Yeah, as the iPad. <laughs> um, and, you know, and it's the same here because what these products do, when, when an organization or a company can put, uh, or, or, or even a person, can put why they do into words, what that ends up doing is serving as a symbol for our set of values and beliefs. And because we have trouble putting our values and beliefs into words, again, because the part of the brain that controls feelings doesn't control language, we use these symbols to say something about who we are. This is the reason why people um, put Harley Davidson logos on their body. They have tattoos of a corporate logo on their body. Right? It's not to tell you that they own a motorcycle. It's not to tell you that they're part of some you know, you know, you know, loyalty program. It's to tell you something about who they are. And because Harley is so clear about what they believe, they're so disciplined in how they do it, and they're so consistent in what they do, it gets the point that everything they say and everything they do now serves as a symbol of a set of values and beliefs. This is what a flag is. We, we wave the flag and we hang the flag to say something about who we are. These are our values and our beliefs. And so we choose to use a flag that represents our values and beliefs. Because, can can you, know, you actually, though, as you say that, I get the feeling of Harley-Davidson, I get the feeling of Apple, and I certainly get the feeling of a flag. And, you know, you watch a World Cup game and you'll get that. But exactly. what is what are the words behind that feeling? Does... does um, Harley Davidson have a written why? Does Apple have this documented somewhere? Do some of them you know, emerge, or do some of them? You know what I'm asking? It's it's a great conversation to have, especially now that Steve Jobs has just announced um, his resignation. Okay. And if you go listen to absolutely any speech that Steve Jobs ever gave for the past 35 years, what you'll he always talks about the revolution this and the revolution that and you know their their boilerplate in the bottom of all their you know PR says you know x many years ago Apple ignited the revolution there's all that revolution revolutions revolutions right and this is what Steve Jobs does he pushes he pushes the status quo he challenges the majority and he's constantly having a revolution whether it was a computer revolution or a small electronics revolution or a phone revolution a design a design revolution design revolution right He's always challenging the status quo and saying, we do not accept what you tell us we have to accept. And, and it is this completely consistent belief that has existed long before his company existed. Don't forget, he grew up in a Vietnam-era Northern California, the hotbed of anti-war, anti-government sentiment, right? And that his revolutionary sensibilities have continued, and he, instead of throwing stones at windows, he he he, he um, pioneered his revolution and led his revolution with a company. Oh, this and is awesome. Let me interrupt just a moment. If you've just sure. tuned in, I am all fired up. I stand up when I get excited. This is a this is a result of a great conversation today with my guest Simon Sinek. He's the author author of 
start with why. And in a moment, I'm going to be asking Simon about a recent blog post I read that Simon wrote, money can buy happiness. Really? Well, before we jump into that, let's get back to where we we started today. I started with the question how, and what you're sharing, Simon, is that how is important, what is important in business, but too often we neglect to ask an equally important question, and that's the question of why we do what we do. Steve Jobs started perhaps with the, the word revolution, or even better, the feeling of revolution that he was able to communicate to inspire people to be so attached and so obsessed with his company. Let's talk right. about a little bit about the discipline of how and how, why and how leverage each other. Sure. Um, so what good is it to have a belief? What did Thomas Edison say? Vision without execution is hallucination, right? <laughs> um, what, good is it, what good is it to have a belief if you don't do anything with it? There are plenty of visionary people who walk around complaining about how no one else gets it and yet they don't do anything to, to advance their own cause themselves, right? So absolutely, belief is one thing, but the, uh, the ability to action that belief, that's something very special. And so usually in partnerships, sometimes alone, but you'll find that the best businesses exist in partnerships. In other words, there's a visionary, somebody who can see the world many, many, many years ahead and imagine a world completely different to now, and there's somebody with the capacity to see, uh, who, who deals much better with the details and can see the here and the now and understands the first, second, and third steps that need to be taken to bring that vision to life. And the visionaries will often talk in terms as if the project's already complete, where the, that how person, that structure person, will often talk in terms of here are the steps we need to take to get to that point. And when you find those two people and you put them together, the results are absolutely profound somebody who provides a direction and somebody who provides a route to get to that. To get you to know, that. Let, let me interrupt here a second. Destination and somebody who provides a route to get to that destination. That absolutely backs up what I've discovered. And what I've also found is that when you go through a process, a business plan, the golden circle process, when you go through a process, you can start to articulate the need for both. Because until you do, sometimes the person who's visionary gets frustrated with the, the person who's going to go, yeah, but what do we do today? And what kind of marketing do we need to do for that? And vice versa. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and you know, the, the structure type um, can do well and build a, a successful business and, and, and make a decent living, but they'll never build a huge business. They'll never, they rarely build businesses that can survive them, usually when, you know, I call it the school bus test, if you get, were to get hit by a school bus. You know, uh -huh. does your business survive without you? And most entrepreneurs fail the school, school bus test. If they were to get hit by a school bus, it's, odds are very high that their businesses would, would close shortly, shortly after. Um, and that's okay. Um, that's most entrepreneurs. Most entrepreneurs are these how types, good at structure. They can build them. They can do very well. The why types can really build organizations of capacity and size and that inspire and, and drive people to, to take that cause and make it their own. And if they were to leave, that organization would continue in their, in their same image, in their same vein. Um, uh, the question is, how do they do it? They don't. So that's where the the why type, that visionary, has to have the how type. The how mm -hmm. type needs the why type if they want to operate at scale. Well, um, in 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 um in the book, start with why. You make a comparison of uh you know of doing this, of engaging this. You make a comparison to dating. 
how can how can um how can you describe this process in terms of something we may be familiar with? For me, it's been sure. a long time since I've been dating, sure. but uh, well, <laughs> well, business business like dating is the same thing, which is which you sit across the table from somebody and you hope to close the deal, right? And they're both human experiences. <laughs> this is why this is why they say sales is about relationships. No kidding, it's between people, and unless it's just a transaction. Which is you know you know you, you you pick something in a catalog and somebody orders it. Um, uh, whenever there's a human being involved, and there usually is even on the buy side, there's at least one human being involved, right? Right. Then 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 it's all the same. So the analogy I make is that sales is like um, is like dating. And when you go on a date, you sit across the table from a pretty girl, and her her friends you know set her up with you this blind date, and you sit down, and you start by saying, I am extremely rich. I drive a beautiful car. I live in a huge house. You should come by and see it sometime. You know, I know a lot of famous people. Um, I go on TV all the time, which is good because I'm good looking. You know, I do pretty well for myself. And the question I would ask is, is that date going well? You know, will that guy get a second date? And overwhelmingly, people say, no, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's awful. And he started, he's starting with what? Is that is that exactly. right? Now, okay. We do the same thing. We do the exact same thing when we sit down from a prospective client. What do you, or, or customer? What do we do? We say we do extremely well. We serve all the biggest uh, clients, uh, all the biggest companies. We have beautiful offices. You should come by sometime. You'll see our advertising on all these uh, all these primetime shows and in lots of magazines. And we really are pretty good. You should do business with us. It's, now, if we know the date went well, went badly, why would we think the sales call went well? It's the same. <laughs> and the joke is, here's the joke. The joke is, is that her friends told her he's rich, he drives a nice car, he knows a lot of fam- famous people, you should go with him. In other words, what brought her to the negotiating table is not what closed the deal. Same with you. Though they may have been attracted to the quality of your product or the service or the price, it's not what will close the deal. So let's send our trusty data out again, and let's, okay. this time, let's, let's let him start with why. And he sits down and he says, you know, I'm the luckiest person in the world. I get to wake up every single day and do what I love. And I wake up every single day to inspire people to do what inspires them. For me, the fun is trying to figure out all the different ways I can do it. And the cool part is I've made a lot of money and I bought a really nice car and I bought a big house. You should come by sometime. And I've met a lot of famous people and I get to go on TV all the time, which is great because I'm good looking. And I've actually done really well because of it. Now, in this case, what he has achieved is the proof <laughs> of why he does it, but they're not the reasons that close the deal. So it's the same in sales. When you start with why you do what you do, that is what is alluring to people, and then what you have achieved serves as the tangible proof that you're not just full of hot air. Oh, I love that. So you that is your why, isn't it, Simon? You wake up every day. Why. Okay, let's hear let's hear you describe your why. My why is to inspire people to do the things that inspire them, and if we can do that together, we will change the world. Um, I have a fundamental vision about how the world could be, which is that there's a real statistic that over 90% of people don't love their jobs. Over 90% of people are not fulfilled by the work they do. And I imagine a world in which that statistic is completely reversed. I imagine a world in which uh, you can go up to any random person on the street, tap them on the shoulder and say, do you like your job? And they say, no, I love my job. And And I believe that we're entitled to this. This is our right. Fulfillment is a right, not a luxury. And we, as employees, have the right to demand that management tells us what we're a part of, tells us, tell us what we belong to, tell us why we're coming to work beyond just the benefits and the salary and the work. And as employers, 
we have the responsibility to produce companies and produce cultures in which it gives people a sense of belonging and purpose so that they will go home fulfilled by the work that they do. The amazing thing is people who are fulfilled by the work that they do are happier people, which means they're more productive. It means they treat their colleagues better. It means they treat their customers better. It means they're more innovative because they're constantly looking to advance that cause. They go home happier. They treat their kids better. They treat their spouses better. So marriages last longer. Kids grow up more confident. I mean, this is world peace stuff. Uh, you know, that's, that's how we connected once upon a time. Do you remember that? It was all about expanding, uh, expanding peace because, uh, you know, you and I have gone through the golden process, golden circle process together, and it's really fun because we recorded it on your website. It's on startwithy.com. So you can see, Stephen, this is so fun because Simon and I just sat down to go through this process and, hey, let's invite some cameras. And I brought a suit, exactly su- suitcase full of clothes so I could try on some different outfits. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really great, and I came up with my why, which is I believe that your own extraordinary business can be a path to freedom. That's what we do at, Bare, at Bare Bones Biz. We expand freedom. Because a business of your own or understanding business is a way for us to trade peacefully. You know, we either need government or business to provide goods and services to one another. And... What business won't or can't or shouldn't do, we can use government for, right? So there's a need for both. But if you know how business works, even if you work for someone else, and you think in terms of the language of business, if you understand the dynamics and the mechanics of it, you are more free, even if you have a job. So, yeah, Simon, I, you know, one of my ulterior motives for having you on the show is I know we're both really busy, and it is always inspiring to me to have a conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to come to New York in, a, in a, about six weeks. I'll keep you posted, and um, we're going to make out when I get there. Don't tell my husband. Don't tell my okay. girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the dating. We already had a questionnaire. We'll get caught up uh, off the air. So uh, if you want to reach Simon, let, let's just recap. First, start with why. The how, the what, they're important. But why is your motivation for doing what it is you do? And that it usually starts with a problem, a problem that you've had, a problem that someone else might have, and that you're so fired up and so passionate about it that you just can't help but solve that problem. A process is helpful, especially if you want to get more than one person in a company on the same page, and you might investigate the golden circle process, which explores why at the center of the bullseye, then how, then what, addressing all areas of your business. And most importantly is to quit wasting another day on the hamster wheel, right, Simon? Get out there and and love, love, love what you do. Okay, let's get some... You have the right and the responsibility to do it. Let's um, make sure you give us all the information you want us to know about you so we can get in touch with you. Um, depending on what you prefer, uh, website, startwithwhy.com. You can learn more about the concepts, and you can see a video with Ellen if you like. Um, there you go. The blog, uh, simonsinek.com, just my name, simonsinek.com. Uh, and the blog on uh, Money Can Buy Happiness is up on there. I know we ran out of time talking. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I forgot that. We have a minute or two left. How, can, how can money buy well, happiness? Oh, yeah. Get the, get the contact. The shameless, the, shameless, the, shameless, the shameless plugging isn't finished yet. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Thanks for the reminder. Like Twitter, at Simon Sinek. We'll get you 140 characters of inspiration uh, throughout the day. Uh, notes to inspire every morning. If you want to get that, you can subscribe to that and 
the TED Talk and what else? I don't know. That's about it. And the book is called Start With Why. Oh, yeah. And the book is called Start With Why. Yes. It's available at, at fine bookstores and some not-so-fine ones everywhere. <laughs> okay. Final thoughts. I promised I would address this. You can check out the blog, but how does money buy happiness? Um, in a nutshell, money can buy short bursts of it. Um, you know, uh, if you uh, make a lot of money and you buy nice stuff for yourself, feels good. You buy yep. things for your friends, feels good. Take them out for dinner, feels good. Buy a nice big house and a fast car for yourself, all feels good. The problem is these feelings don't last. And so money can buy short little bursts of happiness, which unfortunately is a little bit like a slot machine, which is if you keep putting money in and every now and then you get bit out, all that does is, is push you to keep playing the slots. And we all know that when you do that, the other higher that you're going to end up a loser, even though you still have short bursts of happiness. This is the way most of us live our lives. Um, but if you know why you do what you do, and more importantly, it's not about um, these short bursts of happiness. It's about giving to others. What you find that is if you're able to give to others, that you can start to find fulfillment. You know, if you give money to charity, you'll feel good about yourself. Will that feeling last? No. Will it inspire others to give to charity just because you gave? Absolutely not. You know, you probably won't even tell people about it. Um, however, if you went for the weekend and painted a school and you gave no money, but you gave time and energy, things that you cannot get back, money you can always make more of, uh -huh. and you go the next day, not only will you carry the feeling with you, but you will tell people about it. And the mere fact that you went and gave time and energy to help paint a school, you will inspire others to either give money or give of their time and energy to do the same. And it's the giving to others that not only creates fulfillment, but inspires others to give as well whereas money just mm. buys short bursts of happiness that only serve yourself. I love that. Thanks. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Oh, I'm inspired, so thanks for joining us. And listen in next week as we have another guest to share more exciting tips on why, how, what. I love business. I love freedom. And I love you, Simon. Thanks for joining me today. Bye-bye. So